God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I? Alright everyone, well welcome back once again for the 40, 45th time, or I guess you could say 44th time that we're saying welcome back. Um, but yes, episode <laughs> number wow. 45. How profound. Is that profound? So I, I raised profound. a genius. It could be. <laughs> what a genius. Uh, you raised a couple of them, I think. I don't know if I'm one of them. Anyway. Uh, we're happy to have you. If you're here, you're listening, you're watching, whatever you're doing, whatever way you're partaking of this uh, thing that we're doing here, these three guys yakking. Yeah. Um, you yeah. have me, uh, Daniel Clayton, top dog slash my dad, Mike Clayton, <laughs> and the one and only Dave Covert. Mm. We are sadly missing our fourth yak. I mean, our fourth guy yakking. Uh, Ryan is under the weather, not feeling so good. If you think mm. about him, just to offer up a prayer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're here. We're we're ready to go, and um, we always love hearing from any of you guys. If anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, um, maybe keep those to yourself. Um, but anything <laughs> else, on purpose at mail dot com. That's go. where you can reach us at. Hey, by the yep. way, Daniel, uh, let me let me uh, throw this over to David real quick. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna be seeing each other, and not just not just the box. Yeah, we're going to be actually in person if you can make it. When you hear this, you better uh, check your calendar real quick because this weekend is, uh, it's actually kind of a, there's actually something special going on this weekend, isn't there? Hmm. Not just we're doing, there's a fall feast that's happening. That is. If you've been paying attention to your calendar, paying attention to what you're reading in your Bible, you know there's a fall feast rapidly approaching and it's going to be this weekend. And thankfully, we've got a place where we're going to be a gathering at. And it, it's going to be in Georgia, Rossville. Uh, you can go on our excess road band. I think that we've been posting on Facebook, social mm-hmm. media, all over the place. Uh, 195 Ashley Lane, Rossville, Georgia. And if you can make it, that'd be great because it's free to the public. Mm. Just bring yourself. So if you are Show a public, you, you get in free. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so that works. works. Yeah. You got works. nothing else better to do on a feast than come show up and we worship. We're going to hear uh, people teach. Uh, yeah, we're here. People teach. <laughs> my <laughs> teaching. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something there. I couldn't think of anything. I'm not that quick. I need Ryan here. He's got to be that, have that quick wit right there. So, there you go. Uh, anyways, we'll have uh, Mike t- uh, teaching, Rico teaching, uh, Excess Road Band will be playing. And we'll also have Michigan Eam playing as well, which is going to be a great time. So Friday and Saturday is going to be pretty uh, jam-packed, pretty full. Uh, there's still spots on hotels around the area if you're going to come hang out with us for a long time. Yeah. We hope to see you there. There you go. Well, segue mm-hmm. over. Back to you, Daniel. What are we doing tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know about you guys, but the feasts, even though they come every single year, mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell – when they're going to be here i know there's different observances as far as like the exact day but mm-hmm. to some extent you know the fall feasts are going to be in the fall oh, um wow. yeah it's it's pretty crazy but that's even the, still that's it, my gene pool guys <laughs> <laughs> um even still it just feels like they just come out of nowhere mm-hmm. um this year we actually i don't know it kind of feels like we're somewhat prepped for it this year which is uh a little abnormal with uh with four children but um yeah we got our our, our tent set up and check that out uh, make sure everything was good on it and 
we're ready. We're ready for the fall feast, but it really does feel like they just pop out of nowhere. It's already September. I mean, when did that happen? Yeah, when did that happen? Uh, about, uh, let's see, what is it? After uh, it August 12 days ago. <laughs> yeah, 12 days ago. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes yes indeed all right so for but the two people feasts. that we have uh yeah. still listening to us um <laughs> <laughs> david let me throw it over to you why should we um be observing these festivals of of yom kippur of yom teruah of sukkot mm. uh festivals are in i mean of all places leviticus yeah leviticus 23 i mean you know, d- does anything back that far have anything to do with us today? Why should we be doing this? This is 2023. I know. Like, it seems like we're in like modern times. So should we have a uh, different feast for those days? <laughs> I I don't think that uh, for whatever reason, it's gotten into people's heads that those are Jewish feasts and they're not to be for people who believe that believe in God. Like that for some re- reason, that's something that is still is per, very prevalent but it is cool to see how many things you see on social media of even because this is not just jewish it's also christian as well so if you look at it there's more and more people recognizing seeing it mm-hmm. and are committing yeah. in a way to doing which is super exciting super hopeful because it's like ah, we're reading our bibles we're, we're opening up our bibles more this is really cool well i like how you led that question because if uh if anyone else caught that too uh I've said this before, but when he talked about the fall feast, he said Yom Kippur, but that's not happening just yet. It's not the first one. It's one of my favorites, one of my absolute favorite feasts, even though it might be the most, uh, uh, maybe it's uh, grueling because it's a fast day for most, and it's a day of uh, judgment and also inscribing our names in the book of life. But the one we're going to be doing here this weekend will be the uh, Feast of Trumpets, which when we read, read in Revelation, we hear about a great trumpet. We're, we're getting very close to that here. This is the fall feast. This is what it's all about. So every time the fall feast come around, a lot of times I can feel a month before, which we're in currently right now, is a month of repentance, the month of Elul, getting right with God. And if you're listening, if you have never heard that before, you might have felt that maybe you're feeling in a way heavy. Maybe there's something that's always prevailing on your mind. Maybe there's Thing, like concepts of holiness are on your mind or some things that maybe in a spiritual sense that are really prevalent. It seems to just happen more. I find myself every year, the month of Elul, the month before the fall feast, this thing just kind of starts churning and starts coming about. And it seems to almost climax as we get closer and closer to Yom Kippur, the second one. And then I think we have the greatest time, Sukkot, our last feast of the fall and it's just absolutely amazing and awesome. And if you've never gone on an eight-day camping trip, you really ought to try it. You really ought to try it sometime. It's amazing and awesome. And it's this whole entire, you see how our Messiah in throughout the entire feast and crowned his king, uh, giving pardon to those who continue to fear him and continue to look towards him. And then we rejoice in the wedding feast. I'm briefly summarizing how cool these fall mm-hmm. feasts really are. When you look into them, you dive into them, it's really describing what a wedding feast will be like. And instead of it lasting just for one day, it seems like it's lasting for like half a month or more. Mm-hmm. It seems to be just an amazing time. So mm-hmm. that's why if you've never done the fall feast, you ought to give it a try this year because it's pretty amazing. Yeah. 
It is. In fact, uh, you know, Sukkot, you can say is intense. <laughs> Daniel, get me uh, out of there. Yeah. Well, you know, you can never, you can never run through a campground. You can only run because it's past tense. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, oh. no, you started that one, and I finished oh. it. So you're welcome. Yeah, got it. <laughs> um, no, so so the fall feasts, the feasts in general. Um, a quick a quick Google search just now um, told me depending on where you look, that the word remember appears in the scripture around 300 times, Hmm. depending on where you look. And if you count its variants, then you're up above 500. That's a whole lot of times for a single word to be used throughout the scripture. And that's certainly on purpose. Um, The word remember is when I think that we should be very well acquainted with its meaning and with its practice. We've talked about that a lot on the show, how remembering what God has done in the past will give us strength in the present and give us vision for the future. And I think that that is one of the things that the feasts are about. And another thing that I've come to kind of appreciate and think about more as I get older uh, and you see stuff, you just see stuff in the world and it just gets more and more, crazy it seems every single day um the more you see and the more you experience the more you really long for what those days mean and you know i think anybody that's listened to the show for a while knows that we're not the we're not the hebrew guys we're not the 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 sewed level depth divers um and we've kept it that way intentionally Mm -hmm. because there's a, a a million teachers out there and a lot of them are quite good, especially at, you know, those kind of things that you could find. There's a lot of people out there and, you know, we wanted just something that was more down to earth, practical, something you could listen to a show, take out the next day and apply it to your life. I think that's been one of our goals. And with the feasts, that's what I find more and more is for me personally, I don't find as much, uh, I can't pull as much meaning from the study of it anymore it's when i think about the concept it's when i close my eyes mm-hmm. and i think about what yom Teruah is it is the it's the blasting of the shofar yeah. that we believe will be the day that announces the return of yeshua and so when i close my eyes and i just imagine you know we just uh we just passed 9 11 yesterday and everybody remembers where they were on 9 11 yeah. but think forward and 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 realize that someday you're gonna be like, oh, I I know where I was the day that I heard that that shofar blast from the skies. And it's just like that for me with the feasts more and more these days that I pull meaning and and strength and all these things just from the simplicity of it, the simplicity of the shofar blast that will announce Messiah's coming back. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to Yom Kippur, it's the simplicity of there will be a day where I stand before my King. And there's going to be a moment of judgment yet of coming of settling accounts for anything that's happened. But after that, it's, it's to the kingdom we go, you know? And so Yom Kippur is not a day of uh, sorrow for me at all. It's not, it's not a day of, uh, it's come to be more of a day of joy than anything for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just really have do- dove into the simplicity of the feasts over the last years. You know, I just did uh, not not to give a, a, a shameless plug or commercial, but I will. Um, I recorded this morning. We're recording uh, a day late, um, but I recorded this morning uh, my living Torah for the weekend for uh, Shabbat. And in there, I went through the seven festivals and gave a one word explanation of each one of the, of the festivals. And so that's available on my website, joined to Hashem.org. If somebody wants to get a little bit, uh, you know, kind of look at that. But, you know, I, I think to me, the festivals this year, more and more, um, what I taught on Shabbat, Daniel, I know you weren't able to make it this this last Shabbat, is that in the book of Psalms, Psalm 23, it says, lead me in the paths of righteousness for your namesake. And that word of paths is not a, uh, you know, we're going to go from, um, you know, from from uh, you know Blue Ridge to to Chattanooga or, or wherever we're going there. Uh, it's not A to B, but it's if you look at the word in Hebrew, it's more circular. It's this. It's, it would be best uh, translated: "Lead me in the cycles of righteousness for your namesake." Mm-hmm. And so if I actually brought on uh, Shabbat, I brought a, a, a small shell, which had a, has a uh, cone shape to it. If you look at that shell, it, it has a, a starting place, and then the, the lines go around and around and around, and it comes up to the tip. And this is, this is a perfect picture in creation, a perfect picture of the, of the festivals, is that we go around every year. And it, it may look like we're on the same path, but no, every year we should be going a little higher. So as I, as, as I go uh, year after year after year through the cycles of righteousness, the, the festivals, I should be look, able to look back at last year and say, okay, this is where I was then. Now, am I any closer, any higher in my walk toward him? Mm-hmm. And and this is a beautiful picture because, you know, we were talking about some things before we got on the program. Maybe we'll, we can tie into this. I don't know about you guys, but I find myself wanting to go higher and higher because the world is going lower and lower. Mm-hmm. You know, when a, if you've ever been in a, I've, we've been through hurricanes. I've been through numerous hurricanes uh, in, a, in a flood. You got to get to a higher level. Okay, you got to get it higher because the flood's coming in and it's overtaking the first floor. Then it's overtaking the second floor. And in, and if you just stay on the first floor, guess what? You got drowned. And so in our walk right now in the festivals, we better find ourselves getting up to the second, third, fourth floor of this thing. Because yeah. I don't see the flood of debauchery and sin subsiding in our day your thoughts it's, it's really unfortunate how how muddy the waters have now become where it used to be so clear how there was this this like where morality was especially in this country but unfortunately now it's not just this country it's worldwide now how muddy it has gotten how much uh, white and white and black uh, one or the other has now 
diluted into just a gray at this point mm. and just everything is permitted everything is considered everything is now being allowed to to go through and it's it's really really unfortunate and i think it's more unfortunate because it shows how much either the people of god have not been standing up enough or this is just the sign of what has been said from the beginning that evil will increase wickedness will increase and it will get to this point it could be a combination of both of those i know that we have to just continue to be as loud as possible whenever we have the opportunity and chance of our faith of our love for people because that's what draws people they think that they're getting this love and affirmation for what they believe is their identity when in reality they're just being bottled into believing something that isn't true now i can i'll die on that hill i think that the more and more we choose to love other people as wherever they're at and wherever god calls you to be in those environments that's where he's trying to allow his people to reap in that harvest trying to reap in those areas and a lot of times it's just us saying no we're just going to relax here and i think that that's what the fall feasts really bring about is this call to action it really brings home a lot of this stuff because i don't know about y'all when you the last piece of sukkot you just wish it continued on forever like if you could just keep replenishing some of this stuff and didn't have to worry about anything else you just wish you'd just keep going just the the how being around people especially good people and nice people and how amazing that love is you just wish that would just continue on and on and on and it just you want that to come back again every year so i just can't wait for this to be back again next year oh i can't wait for it to be a next year and guess what it keeps getting better and better and better yeah. and you just wish it would just be like that in the world and unfortunately the world seems to be getting worse and allows more and more mm. outlandish things that just no one would have ever expected this oh. a, a decade ago, maybe even two decades. I, I think that anybody past that would have like, there's no way that would happen. And now it's like, it's accepted. Oh, yeah. It's wild how accepted this is now. I, I look back over, you know, I can look back over half a century now. <clears throat> I, it, you know, it's for, for my grandparents to have to, they would not have even been able to understand anything of of this of this present darkness. Ha! Huh, to use a title, uh, mm -hmm. Daniel, mm -hmm. add add your your thoughts there on that. Yeah, um, let's see. I had about four different directions I was thinking of going, and now they all <laughs> faded into none. Um, see when that happens. <laughs> So a quote I heard recently said that the closer you get to God and the more time you spend with him, the less you're going to find yourself asking him to bless what you're doing and the more you will find yourself doing what he has blessed. Mm. Wow. And okay. yeah, like really I heard that. I was like, man, that is, that's so good, and it's so true. And I think that's one of the areas we find ourselves with the feasts for us, for us personally, where we've come to, where God has led us, is that you know we we come under criticism a lot for being you know legalistic, or you know you're just doing that because um, because you have to. And 
honestly, if you really stop to think about it, the people who are saying that, aren't, they aren't wrong about the people they're probably thinking of. They have been portrayed an image of someone who is doing something out of the motions. And we've seen this a lot. People in the Messianic movement who observe these things, it has become a habit for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And to the point where if you ask, uh, you know, it'd be fun to try to put a percentage on, you know, if you ask the Messianic, why do you do the feasts? What mm -hmm. kind of, you know, what answers would be like, oh, just because we have to. And how many would be like, because this is what my God has blessed and I want to be a part of it. Um, this is how my Messiah lived. Like that's, that's what it comes down to for me is I believe Yeshua lived this way and I want to live like him. And I think that's just part of it is like, and you know, we, we all know people who have not been shown that. And I, I, I've taken a more uh, gracious stance on that over the years as I, I know that God has placed a veil over, over certain people's eyes to certain things. And that's not for us to, it's not for us to judge why God has placed that veil over it. Yeah. It is for us to, to be joyful in things that we have been shown by him and let that joy be the, the, the voice of why we do things. Let's, and let's, so I, I, go ahead. Let's camp out there just a second. Okay. <laughs> no pun <Yeah>. intended. Uh, <laughs> you're just like, throwing I was ready, out. I was ready to harp on that too. I, I don't know where you're going to take this mic, but I was, I was wanting to say something out of that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I literally heard that coming out of my mouth. I went, that's going to be corny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, well. Um, so this thing, Daniel, you just brought up, I, this was, this was just keeps rolling around in me. Um, that we should not ask him to bless something we're doing, but rather do what he's already blessed. And so how do I know what he is doing? I can go to the scripture. I can go to the scripture and say, and, and look in Leviticus chapter 23 and numbers uh, in, in Deuteronomy, various places and see the feasts, the festivals that we're talking about. He has said, to us. This is what I will bless. These are my holidays. These are my festivals. You know, in the uh, the month of of, uh, of September, my wife and I will celebrate um, our um, an anniversary. And, you know, it'd be one thing for me to just go, well, you know, I just don't feel like doing that. You know, it's September 19th. If I looked at, at Daniel's mom, also known as my wife, Kathy, uh, and said, you know, I just don't think we need to do September 19th this year. Let's go with, uh, you know, like, like October 3rd. She's going to be like, what's wrong with you? Or well, <laughs> she'd be like, what else is wrong with you now? But, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it, it's not, it, it's, this is a day, uh, September 19th is a day that's sanctified. It's holy unto my marriage. Mm -hmm. And so if I want to change the days, I can't expect her to be really, you know, okay, well, I'll go along with it. Um, mm. Instead, I should be going, okay, this is a day that is holy. This is a day that's been sanctified, and we're going to to observe this and celebrate it in some, in some whatever way we do. Um, and we should be doing the same thing with the, the festivals. Instead of saying, well, 
Okay, I, I know that you were, you know, that you were resurrected on the Feast of First Fruits, but I'm going to change it to a different day and put another name on it and stuff. That's that's just let me say it like it's just rude. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's just rude. So, David, I was gonna jump from that point. You're saying that, like, that's Daniel. You had said something about Yom Kippur that I've resonated with it with more as these years have gone. Is that I know it says to afflict yourself, right? To and then that's left to interpretation for a lot of people. I don't care where where uh, interpretation goes with that. It is uh, meant to be a day of because you know it's judgment. You know it is, but then you realize on the like on the back end of that whole entire thought that it's a day of judgment but what does the scripture say about those who find themselves in messiah what does it say about those they'll be redeemed they will be vindicated they will be described in the book of life so there's that joy that ultimately follows right behind that and that's what i thought was so cool and you, you mentioned at the very end of what you said that's something that it, with these feasts i've realized more and more is that if you look at a bunch of kids playing together, right, the one who's giggling and having the greatest time of their life, of their little life, playing with whatever they're playing with, attracts all the other little ones to go, well, what the heck are they doing? I want to know what they're doing. And I found myself more and more how much fun you can find out having in all these feasts, especially when it comes to the, the feast we're having this weekend, where it's a feast of trumpets. You know how amazing and how, how awe-inspiring and how awesome it is to be blowing shofars all as a group is really fun. And if you've never done that in your life, wow, you should experience it because it's unbelievable. We have so many people blowing shofars on a day that we're inscribing him as king. And we're even spiritually saying that in our own life, right? We're inscribing him as king in our life right now. And then realizing the heaviness of the day of Yom Kippur, the joy of knowing that because we're in him we will be found vindicated on this day. And that mm -hmm. constant, and you mentioned it too, Micah, that looking back over the year, we're seeing how, what improvements have we made? Where can we get better? I guarantee we can all get better. There's no way that we're perfect. So we, and then through our relationship with Messiah, he'll reveal and bring those. That's some of the things I absolutely love that we get to say is the hidden sins are for you, but to God, but the revealed sins are for us and for our generations to carry and that's our burden. And whenever we go through each year, that seems like there's something either new that we find out that we never knew about that within ourselves mm -hmm. or something that we find out, Oh, I could change that. I could actually, that could make me even a better ambassador of my King. If I actually change that, fix that. Like you just said that, that idea of grace, that's been something for me this year, especially <laughs> Daniel, you talked about that grace of understanding that some people have failed, some people do not. And it is not my place to judge where, why they do what they do, where they're at. I'm just going to be a little kid, just having the greatest time of my life doing what, what I'm doing. Cause I know that he did it way back when I'm going to do it now. And I just hope that my joy will be like a, like a light in a, in this night weather. I don't know if y'all have it as bad as we do, that all the mosquitoes and bugs just, just flock to it. I hope to be that, that light where all this, they just, and it just attracts. That's what I like. I realized with these feasts, that's what I hope for. It's just that when you do, a, when, when there's other times that they're maybe not as prescribed, you'll see that eh, they're cool and whatnot, 
but like who doesn't enjoy like our in our country july 4th for the fireworks everyone loves seeing fireworks everyone loves seeing how amazing and awesome that is there's there's ways to find joy in these feasts and be able to just and because ultimately we have ultimate joy within we've been rescued by our messiah to live the life we do and to be a part of the covenant that we are a part of that this is just a part of that whole entire process so that's a, that was something he said in the very tail end that i just thought was like that that's it for me i just want to be as joyful as i could possibly be on these feasts because because i'm happy because mm -hmm. i'm enjoying what i'm doing but it'll attract even more people to say how amazing who god really is so mm -hmm. you're tapping into something great there really awesome yeah um i would i would want to challenge people uh because I know we've talked about this a lot too, of sometimes you do it until you understand it. And so taking, taking that statement as a basis before I move on here, you know, anybody that's listening, remember that I said that. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> if you have been doing it for 10 years and you still don't know why you're doing it, it's time to take another look at why you're doing it. Um, and we really did this with, with Passover this last year because we hosted it at our house. Mm -hmm. And what Catesby and I did, we we essentially, we took the normal, you know, Haggadahs and all this kind of stuff. And we just kind of like set them to the side. And we opened our scripture and we started from scratch. And we said, for, okay, step one, what does the Bible say about this? What is actually in the scripture? And it was amazing because there were things that I thought were in there regarding the Passover seders that were not in there. Yep. And, you know, some of the, some of the smaller things, um, but still I was like, man, I, it's been so long since I've really taken a look at this, that there were certain things that I could not even remember were not in the scripture. And so that was step one was we said, we just looked at it and said, what is in the scripture about this? And then we went from there and said, how do we make this meaningful for our lives? Because there's a place for taking someone else's Haggadah, someone else's Seder, and, and using it mm -hmm. so that you can develop understanding, so that you can get ideas, so that you can start to uh, you know, get a feel for things. But eventually, you're always going to be doing someone else's Seder. And so... It was such an amazing experience to write our own Seder and to do that this, this last year for Passover because it was so personal and it was the most meaningful Passover that I've had in my life because it came directly from my heart. Yeah. It was my expression. It was, it was me looking at what is, what are the commandments of Passover? What does the scripture say about it? And now what does it say for me? How does this work in my life? And God, I think, really gives us the freedom to do that. You know, I, I'm not one to to bash Jewish customs as far as feasts go, as far as Shabbat observances go. But again, if you don't even know why you're doing them and you're doing them for a long time, then just take another look. And so I would encourage people this year, you have three feasts basically back to back coming up, Yom Teruah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. Mm -hmm. And I would challenge people, go back and read what does the scripture say about this? Forget like what, you, what you've been doing every year and just look, what does the scripture say about this? You're going to find it doesn't say a whole lot, especially with ones like Yom Teruah. 
it hardly says anything about like yeah. what to do. Yeah. And so all these other things that are done with all the specific shofar blasts, nothing wrong with that. That's great. But also ask yourself the question, what does this mean to me? Why am I doing this? What has God put on my heart that makes this meaningful for me? And you're going to find if you do, if you're a little bit, if you show a little bit of intentionality in that, it's going to make the world of difference for how these, this feast site, this fall feast cycle is. Well, I, I can attest to the the Passover because I've been to uh, Passovers for a lot of years. And uh, this was not just to say this because Daniel's was doing it. This was the most meaningful Passover I've ever been to. Uh, it, it was, it was incredible, but, um, you know, doing things just because, well, it's the way that we're to do it. it it's like, um, uh, th this coming Yom Teruah, uh, my plan is that many people sound or blow a shofar and don't really know why they're doing it. Well, guess who's teaching on the shofar? Yeah, mm. yours truly. <laughs> So, uh, you know, Ryan and David can, mm -hmm. can do this message in my voice. Now they've heard it so many times, but, uh, every time it's like, you know, the father does something in somebody's life. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was talking to a guy, uh, the other day we were, we were playing golf together and, um, uh, this, this guy, we're, we're from totally different perspectives of everything. And, uh, we got into a little bit of a discussion about, about religion and about traditions and I shared with him a uh, a story that was told about a a man and woman who had gotten married, and the wife. Okay, this is this is very chauvinistic, I know, but uh, the wife wanted to to make her husband, her new husband, a uh, a very special meal. So she made the meal that you know that her mother had made so many times, and it ended up being it was a ham. Okay, so this is not a kosher story. But uh, so she gets this ham and she's about to put it in the pan and she takes a knife and she cuts a little bit off of this end and a little bit off of this end. And he says, honey, why are you doing that? She said, well, that's because that's what my, my mom did. So time went by and they were at her mom's house and, and uh, he says, oh, by the way, you know, your, your daughter fixed me this wonderful ham and, um, I, I got to ask you, you know, they, she cut off the, the two ends. Why? She said, because you did it. She said, yeah, I, I did. I do that. It's because my, my, my mother did that. Well, the, the, you know, granny is still alive. And so he decided to do a little research and he calls granny and, and gives the whole story and says, you know, so where did this come from? She said, well, um, my pan is, is too short for the ham. So I had to cut off both ends. <laughs> hmm. Is is hmm. that, you know, this that's it's a silly story. Okay. Fiction, I'm sure. I guess. Totally silly. <laughs> but it has a lot of truth. That are we doing things just because somebody else did them? And, and that's not to question everybody. You know, that's not to say, well, you know, this person did this, so I'm not going to do it. That's called rebellion. But to at least try to find, okay, it's like with me. Uh, Daniel seen me do this many times on Shabbat. Uh, I will take a couple of drops of water and put it in my glass of wine. And, and people go, what are you doing? 
And this is a, a, a tradition that I was taught by a Jewish friend of mine uh, a, a lot of years ago in Israel when I went to his house. And he did that. And I looked at him. He says, do you, you want to know? He said, I said, yeah. And he said, well, you know, in, in Jewish thought, wine speaks of joy. He said, but tonight uh, I live in Jerusalem as, as a Jew in Jerusalem. He said, but there is no temple. The kingdom has not come. He said, so my joy is is full, but my joy is not complete. And I just that that hit me so hard. And mm. is there a biblical? Is there a verse? No. Is there meaning? Yeah. So mm. make sure that what you're doing has meaning. It doesn't necessarily have to have a verse, but it should lead you to a verse. About to, I got to jump in there. This, okay. is, this is something that's really neat that as I've been maturing and I walk with the Father, like what you both are talking about. It's amazing. I've come from a, uh, I've definitely been on some side where it was either traditional or even towards like more Jewish uh, orthodoxy on yeah. some parts. I've actually gone into that. And part of my testimony is surrounding that. I have mm -hmm. a very, I have a deep appreciation for the Siddur. I have a deep appreciation for how the order of the, some of those services are taken care of. But I don't always follow how that service happens. And there's a reason why what you what you talked about Dan, what you what you talked about mike there's this when you have seen how an order of like the like you said like the haggadahs and you go through those orders of service for a seder a traditional seder you understand the point that they're trying to drive the author of that haggadah is trying to drive then you go okay that's interesting the next year you try another one the next year you try another one and then you go, okay, I kind of have a good idea what's happening here. Yeah. Then, like you said, then you open it up and you go, what does it act? What is it actually really talking about? What does the scripture say? Because you'll find out, like you guys both just said, there's not a lot. There isn't a lot of explicit information exactly what you're to do. There's some very broad general ideas most of the time, but it's not extremely explicit in how to do it. Then you realize, oh, that's this is other people's interpretation of how that is. And sometimes it's based on what you just said, Mike. It's based on a tradition from so-and-so and then so-and-so. And then when we actually go find out, it's because the pan was just too short. right? We find out it was something that was as silly as that story might have been. But sometimes we find out that there's a deeper message like you just talked about with dropping water into wine and how beautiful that is to realize that our joy isn't complete until his kingdom comes the same idea we have to realize that this is not all absolutely concrete we know that these days exist that's an absolute we can look at scripture these days exist absolutely how do we celebrate them i'm i'm right there with daniel i've gotten to a point now where i i'll hear how you do it and or i'll hear how anybody else does it and i go that's neat why do you do it that way yeah purely out of curiosity not to demean but just to go, why do you do what you do? Mm -hmm. Just so that I can understand what what is what's that thing that triggers you for this day? What is that thing that's making you go, oh, this is how I feel that I'm drawing to the Father? And it seemed like it left an impact, what Mike just said. And that's where you go, okay, what was the fruit? What did, what fruit left was left behind? Well, I've seen a lot of fruit happen in a traditional service, and I've seen also fruit happen when people have done what you just did, Neil, where you said, you know what? I'm going to figure out how I want to run this order of service how I believe God's telling you to do it. There's a, there's absolutely a beauty in that. 
I'm not going to deny that one bit. And I think that that's so important for whoever's listening. Sometimes things aren't just set in stone. Sometimes things aren't just the way it has to be. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. God saying, hey, I want you to search this out. I want you to dig into this. How, and he mm -hmm. just might tell you exactly what to do. Or you might be, a, you might be someone who's uh, <laughs> in the hot seat and someone just came and told you, well, how do you do a, a Yom Teruah, the, the Rosh Hashanah? How do you do that? And then you go, I have no idea, but I got to be a good, I got to be a good ambassador for God. So I got to do something. You might just be the person that does that. And that you're still going, I got three days and I have no idea what to do. Guess what? You'll be fine. That's going to tell you exactly what to do because you're going to, mm -hmm. if God's bringing people to you, he's going to give you an answer on how to do it. Do you have to be perfect? No, you don't. You'll look and you'll see some things as long as you're hitting those big, general, grand ideas that God's telling you from the feast. And we've been hitting on it this entire time. It's remember. Remember what he's remember. done in the past. Remember what he mm -hmm. will do in the future. And you're going to see how people's eyes will open because you're not going to you're going to be talking about how good and awesome God is. So I, I just have a feeling someone out there is listening that you're in that spot right now. It's going to be OK. <laughs> you're going to do great this fall. Feast. Yeah. You're going to be so good. And I'll, I'll share, because um, last year we, let's see, Catesby was incredibly pregnant uh, for <laughs> Yom Teruah and Yom Kippur, I believe. I think that Peter was born right before Sukkot. Wow. And so, um, so that, that was, that's what our lives looked like at that point. We had just moved in, into this house maybe uh, a few months, so not much to really get settled in a new house, you know? Um and so for Yom Kippur, we really, we just had like a, a, a conversation with God, like we've got to, we've got to do something different this year because if both of us go without eating, it's just going to be an awful, awful day and not in a good way. And so, you know, we, for last year for Yom Kippur, we just, we fasted from certain things. We restructured our day to make it basically a very, uh, a very conservative Shabbat, essentially. Mm -hmm. We ate very simple food. Um, we completely put away all devices, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was really just a kind of an intense Shabbat. And it was the best, and it's not just because we were eating. Hear me out. It was the best Yom Kippur I've had in my entire life. And... It was because we just, we were, the, the words God spoke over me that day were freedom from performance. And I remember that incredibly specifically. It was so freeing to enter into that day knowing that I didn't have to check off things off the list. Like, did you afflict yourself in this way? Did you eat anything? Did you, were you thinking about eating? Were you thinking about drinking water? But I just used that day to be with him and to look forward to that day and just like be with my family in a way that I was actually be able to be present with them. If I don't eat and I have, you know, four small children, no one's having a good day. No one. <laughs> and again, not in a good way. And so, but through that, it, it was just the best time in Sukkot. We stayed home the entire time uh, because, you know, we had this tiny little baby. And we just every single night, we waved the lulav every single night and we did worship and dance and just danced around the house with the kids. And it was incredible. Like it was such a special time with, with our kids. And so, but it was so simple. 
it was the most simple festivals fall festival season we've ever had and it was one of the most amazing because we we took a step back we allowed god to pull the pressure off like we had to do certain things to make him happy and we just let him speak through it and speak in it and to it and it was just it was amazing and that's what that's what it was like last year we didn't do any i don't know yeah. Oh, can I, I was I only jump on that too because I think this is so cool because a lot of times I keep I'll see people do the exactly what you're talking about, Daniel. This idea of having to perform for God mm -hmm. in a in a feast, and I've been a part of those. I've absolutely I know when you said that I know exactly what you're talking about. And it wasn't necessarily that it was bad, but it was understanding that some years things are different. There's there's years where like you said, or like when you have a newborn, or there's things that are going to come about. Do you not think that God understands that? He absolutely does. And I think that when your heart is understanding, you want to do everything you can to, to do justice whatever, with the feast on, whichever feast it is, whatever time it is, whatever it is, we should be doing that in our everyday. But on these feasts, they're especially important, right? They're especially, they're, they're called like Kohamoed, like they're, they are, they are especially holy they're especially up at an elevated status so like you said you you go okay what does it say let me find the grant the grand point of this of this piece from my own understanding at this point right now because i'm because i'm making this so general for everyone doesn't need to necessarily be that you're copying somebody else sometimes you have to just to figure it out but you know when you've reached that point where you go you know what i'm gonna try to figure this out i want to see what's actually happening here and there's really is a beauty there. If you're a part of a community of people where you're all doing something, there's probably there's a community consensus probably that's happening. But if you find yourself like Daniel here, that's it, you're essentially by yourself, not that you're without community, but essentially by yourself, do what he just did right here. He laid it out for you. There's a way to do a feast. There's a way to accomplish these feasts. You don't have to follow a specific pattern. But if you're looking for God, what is the what is the thing that you want me to see out of this the most? And you'll be surprised what God's actually wanting you to see through what that's happening. Because mm -hmm. if you mess, if you don't do it just right, you got next year to fix it. <laughs> you got next year to fix it. It's just yeah. relax. You're in a feast time. You're with God Almighty Himself. Mm -hmm. He is in the field. He is doing amazing things. But just, you know it. <laughs> If you think about it, I, I just, you know, I, I've taught on the person of Yeshua a lot uh, through the years. I, I love to do that. And if we consider him upon this earth um, and the number of brothers and sisters he had, when he was an early or a late teenager, there would have probably been someone, he would have probably had a brother or sister, half brother or sister in the the household that was still in whatever they use for diapers in those days so mm -hmm. yeah he does understand having to go through the festivals with young with young children in the house um you know david you want you talk about the the, the thing of repentance and um oh i'd like to come back to this next week as we you know this week we're we're more into uh yom Teruah, and we need to be let's not be too so sukkot 
and Yom Kippur minded that were of no Yom Teruah good. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. uh, Daniel, I heard you put your tent up and we're going to take it down. Uh, is, is what I, the, the, the word I got at least, because, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We want to, we want to enjoy the fullness of this festival mm -hmm. before we start to prepare for the next festival in Israel. You, you do not prepare your sukkah until after Yom Kippur. Nobody's, nobody's going to Walmart for the pre Sukkot sales. Okay. <laughs> uh, because in Israel, there's no Walmart. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I'd like to go go to that with Yom Kippur. But just just to say this, there's a lot of things about you know the 30 days of Elul of repentance and and Yom Kippur repentance, repentance, repentance. Guys, this is what I said at at uh, in my broadcast this week, and I said at Life Assembly this past Shabbat. Let's don't turn the festivals into how bad we are, but how good mm -hmm. He is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we don't need to and focus on, on I, I know how I can be, but I also know how he can be. And I choose during these festivals, and we're going to talk about this next week. So Daniel, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, if we look at the order of, of the feasts right here, um, the scripture says that he's coming back for a spotless bride. And that's very controversial scripture because it's like, well, <laughs> how is that going to happen, Cletus? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but if you look at it, if he had put Yom Kippur first yeah. before Yom Teruah, then as humans, we would have been like, it would have been even more pressure. Like we're going to have, we have to be spotless by this day and on this day before he announces his coming, but that's not how he did it. Yom Teruah is first. His coming is announced first, which shifts our focus from what is in front of us to up to the heavens. And then we start racing toward Yom Kippur, where we can be cleansed so that we can participate in Sukkot. And so it's a, he put him in the order, he put them on purpose. And so I, I love what you said there. Don't, don't skip ahead. Don't focus too much on the repentance because as humans, we're really good at just beating ourselves over the head with anything that's within reach. And that's not what Yeshua died and resurrected for. That's not why he did that, so that we could beat ourselves over the head every single day with whatever we can reach. Yom right. Teruah is first. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And I'll, let me say one thing so I don't forget it, and then I'll turn it over to you, David, for closing thoughts. Cool. Um, I saw I saw maybe the greatest meme I've ever seen on Facebook the other day. Uh, someone had posted a, a, uh, a drawing kind of thing about egypt and the the doorpost and lentil and the blood that was on it which takes us to passover and the statement underneath it was this the angel of death passed over because of the blood on the door not because of the worthiness of the people inside mm -hmm. yep. david oh that, that's really great it seems like with this uh, program has gone a different direction than I anticipated. And I absolutely love it because I think that we've been talking a lot about some things are not so, doesn't have to be so structured. What I do want to make sure to stress enough though, is, is if you've never done a uh, young truest service, it might be a prideful thing to consider that you can just figure out how to do this. Yeah. Find communities. There's, yeah. there are communities that are small join with them if you've never done this before you have no idea 
learn, sit back, watch how these communities do it. If you've only been a part of one community and you feel like you're growing stagnant, like Daniel and Mike just talked about, and maybe go to somewhere else. Or if you have no other option, that's when God's calling you closer to him. And that's where he's like, I want you to dig deeper. I want you to find something. And I'm not going to reiterate the same thing, but I want to make sure to leave you with that is that if you come to into this with a very humble heart, realizing that there's a lot to learn, there's a lot to understand, and some things just need to be taken on faith and just move forward. Are there some traditions that are involved here? Yeah, there are some. But you know what? You might find out that there's a reason for that tradition that is maybe not so good. And on the other hand, it might be actually really, really cool of what it's pointing mm -hmm. to. I think if our eyes, just as Daniel so eloquently put, Yom Teru is first. It's because we're in, in, in crowning our king. That's what we're doing. That's what this entire feast is about. We're saying, God, you are my king. And you are my God, period. By holding him up to that standard in our lives and announcing that before Yom Kippur being a day of atonement and entering into the 10 days of all, right? We're into 10 days of all and then Yom Kippur, a very heavy time. Realize he's your king. If there's something in your closet that's uh, icky and ucky, guess what? He's going to reveal that to you, show you how to fix that. He's going to do that with you. Realize he is a shepherd. He is a shepherd to you. And this is, and if you, in Humble yourself and let your pride go. You're going to go into an entrance into this fall feast time with so much, oh man, joy. I would say joy. You're going to have so much joy after all that, of the freedom of performing, freedom from all this other stuff that people try to throw down your, shove down your, in your mind, your throat, all this stuff. But you're going to see how truly amazing your king is. And that's what I hope mm -hmm. the most for you during this feast that's coming. We hope to see you. <laughs> If you can, please come see us. We're going to have an amazing day of encountering our king. There you go. Mm -hmm. To me, it comes down to this. The festivals are a time to disconnect from the things that are around us so that we can focus on him. Because in focusing on him during these festivals, we might just find out an insight, a little bit of a hint into the plans he has for us, for good and not for evil, to give us a future and a hope so live your life the life of the festivals on purpose <laughs> see you guys next week Amen. you alone hear my every prayer you're the god who's always there